You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We first met Tim Sandifer years ago. He was a caller. He would call into the show when we were really wrong about something and straighten us out. He was Tim the lawyer. And, <laughs> he had uh, a gentle touch. He had a gentle touch, and we liked him. We started having him as a guest, and uh, Tim Sandifer is his real name, not just Tim the lawyer. And, and he's become a friend of the show, and uh, he writes books, and he's and, and George Will called him a national treasure. Well, then he met a gal, sweet gal, along the way, and uh, married Christina the lawyer. And Christina Sandifer, we also have on the show regularly regularly and we're about to but before we get her on uh, i saw she retweeted this yesterday about boycotting the olympics in china and she agreed that the olympics should not be a platform for an authoritarian regime to showcase itself while persuading the rest of the world to ignore genocide i think we were talking earlier about the first of all the popularity of china in the united states has just gone off a cliff the number of people that have a positive view of china is now 22 percent um, it's doubled the number of people in the United States who think China is our number one enemy. All of this has happened in just a short amount of time. And we were talking about how various businesses and parts of society are going to have to disentangle from China. I think Hollywood's going to have to. The NBA is going to have to. I'll bet Apple has to at some point. Oh, dozens and dozens and dozens of major international brands and American brands in particular are going to have to go through uh, enormously challenging uh, roads to decouple from China. And before we get to next year's Olympics in China, I think it will become very clear to everyone the idea of having Olympics in a country where they have millions of slaves is insane. Uh, well, let's let's welcome Christina Sandifer into the conversation. Christina is the executive vice president for the Goldwater Institute. She develops policies, litigates cases, advancing healthcare freedom, free enterprise, private property rights, free speech, taxpayer rights, and more. Christina, how are you? 
I am doing great. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a while. Good yeah, to be it's back. Been, thank you. It's been too long. Jack actually just stole my thunder. I was going to point out, if China were merely engaged in uh, genocide, they'd be a better country than they are because they're simultaneously engaged in genocide and slave driving on a scale that, you know, 17th century America could hardly dream of. You know, it is unconscionable. I, I know we have a lot to talk about in a short amount of time, but I'll tell you, I think it's unconscionable for Americans, for the United States as a country to to participate in this, to act like everything's fine, to show up and smile and play sports amongst uh, people who are, as you say, literally enslaving their people. Um, and it really provides some perspective. You know, it's amazing how focused people are today in the United States on the things that we don't have here and that, you know, we don't have equality among the sexes and, and the races. And I am all, I always believe that we should always strive to do better to extend the American dream to everyone. But while we are saying those things here, people are literally slaves in their own homes. Women, I mean, to be a woman in China, to be a little girl born in China, you, you may not even you may not even see adulthood. Uh, it's it's just incredible, and Americans need to wake up and understand that. Yeah, we, we talk regularly about how it's weird looking back that they had the Olympics in Berlin with Hitler there in the stands in 1936, yeah. but this would be like having the Olympics in 1943 in, in, in Berlin when, we, every, when the world knows what's going on. It would be crazy. I, I completely agree. Could not agree more. But, you know, they, they don't call me when they make these decisions. <laughs> no, no, nor us. So, Christina, we know that you and our friends at Pacific Legal Foundation are involved in quite an important case in front of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, this week. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, you know, your your legislators out in California are screwing things up again. Um, they passed a law that went into effect, effect last year that says that all publicly traded companies that are either incorporated or even just headquartered in the state of California have to have a minimum number of women on their boards. And so the number starts at one and it goes up based on, on the size of the board. And if you don't comply, your company is going to be subject to all of these fines. And you also end up on a government list so that everybody you know, can chastise you and talk about how terrible and sexist your company is. And and really, at the end of the day, I mean, th- I mean, this is a gender quota, and it forces the people who vote for board members, so corporate shareholders, to discriminate under law. It forces them to take a candidate's sex into account every single time they vote for a board member. And so, you know, our, our friends at PLF and, and uh, at the Goldwater Institute here, we We've gotten involved. Um, we, we've sued the state. We're, we're uh, filed a brief in the case, but because this violates the Equal Protection Clause, it is literally forced discrimination. The Constitution says that you can't force people uh, to make decisions on the basis of sex. And so it's illegal, but I actually think it's just incredibly patronizing to women and incredibly mm-hmm. immoral for all of these men. I mean, sorry to say, but a male-dominated California legislature to tell me where my place is and how many people that that look or seem like me ought to be on corporate boards. Who's throwing money behind uh, both sides of this argument? Do you know? Well, you know, it's always it's always a little bit hard to to follow the money trail. But I think this is really part of um, just this general sort of 
growing, you know, left-leaning concern about that we need to we need to socially engineer exactly, you know, how many women, how many people of a certain race that we have in every single circumstance, and you know, and on boards and in companies, and it's part of this just general strive to be to be woke and to you know, sure. uh, and so. Um, so you know, it's it's um, it's definitely um, it's definitely something that the left has been focusing on, and I think that California is only. I mean, California is the first state to do this, but they're not going to be the last. Right. You know, sometimes I'm afraid we're a little too hip for the room in terms of being lovers of liberty, especially as people come out of public schools and and take in the mainstream media. Can you help somebody who's thinking, well, wait a minute, more women's on women's. Listen to me like I'm an old blues singer. Uh, more women on boards of directors. <laughs> I got me some women's. <laughs> exactly. Nah, nah, nah. Um, more women is, is great. I mean, I'm pro woman. I have a couple of daughters. Uh, this seems like a good policy. What's the what? What's the liberty-loving argument for getting the government the hell out of these decisions? Yeah, and, you know, as a woman, I will say, and and as a woman who has chosen to, you know, to be an executive leadership in an organization, it does make me happy to see that, you know, women are making tremendous gains in business leadership. There are more women now that own their own businesses or that are sitting on boards um, and, and that are CEOs than ever before. I think it's wonderful. I think it provides a great role model for young women that, you know, the American dream is available to them and they can be anything. The problem is that these laws are not based in reality. The study after study has shown that it is almost never, it is very rare that it is a case of genuine discrimination um, that, you know, a, a woman may not be on a board or that women may be, quote unquote, underrepresented on a board. The truth is that women tend to prefer flexibility. Um, Women are increasingly choosing to work in, you know, the gig economy. So to to drive for Uber or Lyft or, or to sell things on on Etsy, um, women tend to prefer flexibility so that they can, you know, either take care of their families um, or just have different hours. Uh, men tend to prefer your typical nine to five, and and they look at higher pay, and women look at benefits. And that is just a on average. That's certainly not every woman. It's certainly not me. But it's women, it's mostly women's choices that are putting them in the situations that they're in. And that's not, who is government to say that that's good or bad? And frankly, the degree of hubris is breathtaking to me that government is to look at a board and say, okay, there should be one woman on this board. I mean, really, what is the right number of women? How many women should yeah, be on right. a board? How can government know that? Why just one? Why don't, why not, don't we say at least 50%, you know? Sure. Um, but at the end of the day, when we set these gender quotas that ignore women's preferences, we're also treating women as victims. And we are sending to me a very terrible message, a message of despair to young women. We're telling them that, you know, you cannot, without government's help, make it to be a CEO or make it on a board. And women, as you know, so that companies can check these boxes and avoid these fines, they're just going to be appointed as tokens for the sake of compliance. And that actually reinforces stereotypes. Sure, of course it does. Harder. So, so the, the first board meeting you'd have, you'd have the women in there that are either subtly or, or, or overtly treated as the only reason you're here is they had to put you here by law. <laughs> Absolutely. And that may or may not be, in, uh, you know, the reality, but that's how it's going to come off. And, you know, studies have shown this, that, that, Women who are hired under a quota system as opposed to merit, regardless of whether they actually do 
deserve to be there. They're branded with a stigma of incompetence, um, and it makes it difficult for them to be treated ser- seriously. And and to that's my that autobiography part. title, by the way, branded with the stigma of incompetence. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's surprisingly a fun read. Uh, Christina Sandifer's executive vice president at the Goldwater Institute. You know, Christina, those are some absolutely great arguments on the merits. I feel a little uncomfortable even arguing it on the merits. And let me let me illustrate it for people. Long ago, Jack and I came up with this policy about the show because we have kind of our inner circle and the people who help on the show. And and once or twice, certain rogue members of the team way back in the day, like we would have a question about, all right, uh, and I'm just going to pick up something ridiculous because this is not the point, but. Should we talk about politics two segments in a row? And that person took it upon themselves to go to various management personages and say, hey, A and G are wondering, should they do two politics segments in a row? And then all of a sudden, you have the heavy belligerent hand of management that you have permitted into the conversation. And I think that the the gut-level understanding people ought to have is, for the love of James Madison, do not invite the government into a room it should not be, because they will never leave. Their hand is heavy and cruel and stupid, and generally they'll end up taxing you You're somehow. You're absolutely right. Well, look, this is March is Women's History Month, right? So we let's let's look at history. I'm sorry, or herkstery. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to say <laughs> history on this show. Uh, you know yeah, enough hate I'm, speech, I'm, Christina. I'm triggered. <laughs> That is true. I, you know, I, I tend to, I tend to do that. Although it's not, it's not uh, the the women that I'm triggering. Typically, it's because I'm a libertarian, so I'm triggering the lefties. But so let's try it uh, again. But, March is <laughs> Women's Herkstery Month. March it. is whatever you want to call it. It is <laughs> Women's Month, right? But but seriously though, you, you, what your your point is well taken because it, you know in the not too distant past. Gender discrimination was actually legally institutionalized in a different way in our country. Every single state had laws on the books that would, you know, ban women from working in certain professions, things like teachers, lawyers, bartenders. They would ban married women from working or even owning property because they said once you're married, your job is to take care of your husband and raise your kids. Um, laws that impose maximum hours on how much women can work because women are fragile and, you know, they're not able to work as long as men. And literally in the 1960s, as late as the 1960s, over half of the states still excluded women from, uh, by law from doing some kind of work. And, and early feminists fought back against this and they said exactly what you said, that, you know, this, these laws are supposedly well-intentioned, that government's going to protect women. And they said, no. This is treating women as weak and incapable of making their own decisions, and it's telling us that we can't shape our own destinies. And women fought and fought and fought for true equality under the law. And now, you know, we basically have that, and now we're, we're turning back, and we've got, you know, predominantly folks on the left that are, are going back and inviting government back into our lives to tell us where we ought to be and what we ought to do. Interesting. Yep, well said. Christina Sandifer, Executive Vice President with the Goldwater Institute, fighting for your freedom all the time. Christina, it's been too long. It won't be so long. The next time, it's great to talk to you. Hey, so good. I appreciate it. Looking forward to talking to you guys again. All right, thanks. I like the herkstry behind some of these stories. Oh, my God. You need to stop. All right, you're going to make me vomit. Nobody wants me to vomit. Set up some sort of family family guy-style chain uh, vomitosis. (laughs) Nobody wants that. Herkstery.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com.